Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Good. Are you here? <laughs> or was it too much uh, good food yesterday for Christmas? Did everybody enjoy their holiday? Happy to see all those who are able to be here. Um, if you open your Bibles to Psalm 34, 17, I'll start us off with another prayer and then we'll begin. Dear Lord, thank you for this gathering around your word. Pray that you would bring Psalm 34, 17 to light in our heart. Be with us as we meditate on it here today. Allow us to meditate on it as we walk out these doors and go forth throughout the next coming weeks, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It was late evening, December 20th, 2018. It had been an unusually difficult season in my life. I must admit the stress and anxiety outweighed my faith at the time. Work had slowed down significantly since October of that year, and I was self-employed, and slow work meant low income. In addition, around that time, I had a small cyst on my back that had been there for years that, for whatever reason, decided to get angry and become inflamed. It had become so painful that I had to go to the emergency room the night before Thanksgiving. Local pain medication didn't numb a thing, and it felt excruciating for what was almost like hours in my mind, but was really only about 10 minutes. Morphine was required to ease the pain and did nothing. Furthermore, it was also a difficult season in my marriage. About two weeks before December 20th, my wife and I began to have conflicts, and it was Christmas time. While all of this was going on, I was mindlessly entertaining myself with my phone and an email notification pops up with a preaching assignment. Would you be willing to give a Sunday evening address in three months on Psalm 3417? I responded affirmatively and then quickly hopped on the Bible app to see what I had just agreed to. Psalm 3417 reads, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. I immediately broke down in tears. It hit me like a ton of bricks because I realized that God was right there as I was wrestling with life, hoping to find help in my own hands. Where should we turn for help when, who will hear us and who will deliver us when we can't? The answer is the Lord. The righteous cry for help. The Lord hears and delivers. Those are going to be our three points for the day. The righteous cry for help. The Lord hears and the Lord delivers. The righteous cry for help. Affliction is common to all. There is nothing that you will suffer in this world that is not common to man. 
We are all afflicted by something in some measure at some point in our life. The word affliction can be translated as adversity, tribulation, distress, or trouble. Who here has lived a life free of these things? Have you ever had financial or employment adversity, physical or mental distress, conflict in a relationship? In time, if you haven't already, you will cry out for help, consciously or subconsciously, because of the afflictions of this world and the effects of sin. It's not a matter of if you will cry out for help, but a question of when. When was the first time you could remember it happening? When are you crying out now, and when will you cry out in the future? If this were not true, then there would be no need for the promise of Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Many are nowadays suffering from a number of reasons, and all they can do is cry out. But that promise in Revelation is a comfort and has a sweetness to it because of the bitterness that this world can offer. We can suffer affliction at the hands of others or even by our own creation. Affliction comes because affliction comes and affliction can come because of our choices. But affliction is Because sin is. Meaning, no matter how good you are or how right you are, how Christian you are, or how much of an unbeliever you are, affliction will exist in your life. Because affliction is a way of life in a fallen world. However, God is still gracious. God is still merciful. God is still just. God is still good. And God is still God even when we sin, even when we suffer, even in the midst of affliction, the Lord has given us the ability, desire, and need to cry out to him for help. Why? Because the Lord hears our prayers. However, he does not answer all prayers. Point number two, the Lord hears. God protects and cares for those who trust in him. When the righteous cry for help, God hears and answers. So who are the righteous? Verse 20 of Psalm tells us the righteous, who the righteous one is. He keeps all of his bones, not one of them is broken. If we look at the cross reference with John 19, we can see that the two thieves who hung on the cross next to Jesus had their legs broken to facilitate quicker death. But Jesus had already declared it is finished and gave up the spirit prior to that. So we can see the fulfillment of verse 20 here in the psalm when it read, John 19 says, 
for these things took place that scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. Christ is the righteous one. His bones weren't broken. Before Psalm 34, 17 is about us, it is about Jesus. We can trust in the promise of verse 17, not because we have been righteous, but because he is righteous. We can trust it because we are united in him if we are believers. Romans 3 says of us, none is righteous and that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Second Corinthians summarizes for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Christ's righteousness is imputed, credited. So God hears the cries of the righteous because of the righteous one. Those who have faith in Jesus, the righteous one, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, his substitutionary sacrifice, his perfect life for our sinful lives, those are the righteous whose cries are heard and answered. Does that mean that those who believe in Christ are free of affliction? That believing in Jesus will result in immediate relief? From affliction, that a Christian can escape affliction faster than an unbeliever simply by crying out to God? The answer is no and yes. 2 Timothy 3.11 echoes Psalm 34.17 when Paul says, Persecution I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. But Paul was in prison when he wrote 2 Timothy. And Paul had a thorn in his flesh his entire life. So what did Paul mean? You must understand this verse eschatologically. That's a big word. I'll admit it. But all it means is with regard to the end times, death, judgment, and what follows. God will often save his saints from trouble of this world. Oppression, injustice, abuse, evil schemes, and much more. That is an awesome kindness. But greater than that, we have deliverance from affliction in the form of an eternal hope in heaven. Point number three the Lord delivers. To be clear, God does provide doses of relief in our life, like knowing payday is coming Friday when money is low. Knowing that the end of suffering is quantifiably close helps to experience relief, but only until the next round of affliction comes our way or until an adjacent affliction filters back into our focus. Payday is great on payday. But then we have to go a whole other two weeks until the next payday. But as a Christian, we can rest in the promise of heaven. That is certain and secure because of the righteous one, Jesus. We can know that no matter what this world offers now, we will be delivered and finally free from affliction eternally in heaven. 
The world offers false hope and false promises of relief. Sometimes there are even churches that proclaim a false gospel called the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel promises health, wealth, and prosperity. If you have enough faith, you will have the aforementioned in abundance. However, prosperity gospel isn't just found in televangelist and unhealthy churches that prey on the congregation. We Christians at NCBC and at other local healthy churches can preach a prosperity gospel to ourselves. I've been praying and things haven't changed. I've been keeping my daily quiet time and things haven't changed. I'm at church on Sunday and things haven't changed because I'm doing these things. Life should be getting better right now. We can preach to ourselves smooth things and beat ourselves up when things get rough, thinking we just need to do more. The prosperity gospel version of verse 17 gets it half right. As Christians, you will be delivered from all affliction. Where it's wrong is that the rescue from all affliction isn't necessarily here and now. It is then. The then we stand with Christ in face-to-face and knowledge of him. Although Paul echoed this verse in 2 Timothy, it didn't free him from patience. He was still imprisoned. This verse didn't relieve us of our need for patience. Even 40 years of patience could require more patience. 40 years is a drop in the bucket of the promise of eternity. Faith in Christ can move mountain, mountains. Faith in myself and my works only leads to death. Even the faith in Christ the size of a mustard seed is enough. Your faith that you think isn't enough, it is more than enough if it's in Christ. No matter how small, just hold on in your trials and cry out in prayer to him. He will deliver you. Maybe not right now. However, the delay can serve us well sometimes to help loosen our grip on this world, to strengthen our faith and to, faith and to increase our dependence on the Lord. But deliverance will come soon and forever in heaven. Financial or employment uncertainty, God may certainly provide now. Physical or mental suffering, God may provide relief now. Conflict in a relationship, God may restore or renew that relationship now. However, deliverance may not come now, but it will come then in heaven. But to the unbeliever, you will not be delivered. And any temporary deliverances that you feel right now won't finally deliver. All roads don't lead to God and heaven is not promised to you. 
See John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Rejecting the righteous one means there is no promise deliverance when you call out to God. To the contrary, what this verse means is that this life, with all of its afflictions, is your best life. What awaits is an eternity of even greater affliction. However, the good news is that the Lord bids you come in Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God, in this verse and throughout the Bible, offers you something that you can't secure for yourself. In other words, the answer is not in you. This verse offers you Christ. And through Christ, it offers you deliverance from all of your trouble. His offer is, let me take your affliction and give me your death. Take my life and my righteousness. Give me your burdens and take my peace. Knowing eternity free from what grieves you on this side of heaven. Repent and believe. Our fallen world is consumed with sin. It's marked by affliction. There is nothing perfect in this world. So even the greatest joy here on earth is but a faint shadow compared to what awaits us in heaven. We serve a God who troubles trouble who conquered sin and death, who offers perfect peace in the midst of trials that this world offers in abundance. And finally and forevermore offers rest in heaven with him. We and this world have a sin problem. We do not do all of the good that we should do, and we do much evil that we shouldn't. We cannot remedy our own sin problem, and God hates sin. The penalty for sin is death. Out of his love for us, he sent his son Jesus to pay the penalty of sin for us by sacrificing himself on the cross. The death of Jesus is a substitution for the death we owe because of our sins. He takes the penalty for our sin and conquered death. We get his righteousness to restore our relationship with God. We are called to trust and believe in him. I pray that you would trust in Jesus today. The conflict with my wife is resolved. The cyst was resolved. Work picked up at that time. I had a lucrative job opportunity, an extensive interview process that lasted from November to mid-March of 2019. There was a roller coaster ride to rejection. However, my hope was refreshed. My faith was renewed. 
God in his infinite wisdom assigned me a text that I had been studying that entire time that drew me closer to the Lord, encouraged my faith, and turned my eyes away from this, as 2 Corinthians puts it, light momentary affliction that is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison in heaven. On this side of heaven, that was back in 2019, on this side of heaven, I did end up getting a better job. And just this week, I did end up getting a nice promotion. But there are still afflictions in so many ways, and I still need to cry out to God for help regularly. There is still a heaven waiting for me and all of those who believe. God hears our cries, and he has delivered. God hears your cries because of Christ, and he will deliver you if you trust and believe in him. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray that we would cry out to you. I pray that we would cry out to you at all times, not just in times of need, Lord, but that you would be able to bring a peace that surpasses all understanding when we suffer, that you would point us to our eternal hope, our eternal resting place, our place that is free of affliction in heaven with you. Lord, we thank you that you can give relief now for things we suffer, but that you promise that we will ultimately and finally be in a resting place free of all affliction and all suffering with no more tears. In Jesus' name, amen.